Praise the Lord. It's lovely to worship God, isn't it? Lord, we thank you for what you are doing in the service today. I thank you for the working of your Holy Spirit, which is so important. We love you and we bless you, Lord. Now, as we spend some time in the Word, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would use me as a vessel here in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. Please uh, take up your Bible, raise it above your head. Did you bring your Bible with you today? Just check out the person next to you if they brought it or not. Uh, <laughs> no, be nice, be nice. <clears throat> Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now you all know where Ecclesiastes is, right? <laughs> Psalms, Proverbs, Hezekiah, Ecclesiastes. Nobody got that one, Bruce. There's no Hezekiah in the Bible, okay? Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. There should have been more of a revolt there, but anyhow. Now, this morning, in the time that we have, I'm speaking about discerning the season. Discerning the season. And I really do feel that the Lord has stirred my heart to speak about this today. I've never spoken a message on this subject but uh, let's have a look. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1 to 8. It says, To everything there is a season. That's what my Bible says. Others might say time. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born. Huh. I'm just thinking of one, uh, one or two of our members this past week had a child born, and I'm thinking of Bruce and Pam on Wednesday. They've, they're going to have a child being born. Woo! Isn't it amazing? There's a time to be born. And um, for some of the youth, I just want to mention to you that your parents, when they were born, wasn't actually yesterday. <laughs> Leon, huh? wasn't actually, <laughs> really. <laughs> a time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill. A time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep. Think of those people that we spoke about in the beginning of the service that have lost loved ones. This is a time to weep. And in those times, we don't have to try to be a hero and not cry and be strong. A real man, a real woman will express their emotions. A time to mourn, sorry, a time to weep, a time to laugh. A time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to gain 
and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. There's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Going back to the first verse, it says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven talking this morning about discerning the season. God, simply in the way that He has designed things, in the way God has made things operate, God has designed seasons to be in existence. At the same time, when He separated day and night and formed the very heavens and the earth, was the same time when seasons came into being. And God declared that there would be earthly seasons. They are predictable movements of nature. Every year we experience four different season, seasons and how different they are. You dress differently at different times of the year. When we woke up this morning, it was pretty fresh outside. This is definitely not summer. Just no two ways about it. This is winter time. When you look out at uh, the grass in the parking lot and look out over the city at this point in time, it really doesn't look that beautiful. Actually, to our American guests who are here today, it's not looking too beautiful right now, but this is winter, okay? South Africa looks a lot more beautiful in the summer. There are different seasons. Uh, one of my favorite times of the year, just for the sake of the leaves, is autumn. How many of you enjoy autumn? Beautiful. When you see these leaves turn red and orange and brown and all of this, it looks really beautiful. They begin to fall off the trees. But those beautiful leaves don't last very long, and then they're on the ground, and it's just plain cold. What's your favorite season? Give me summer. Give me summer. Summer death. <laughs> My favorite season is definitely summer. How many of you, uh, put up your hand if your favorite season is winter? Sure. Okay. All six of you. <laughs> put up your hand if your favorite season is spring. Spring or summer? Okay. Because it's heading towards summer. How many of you love autumn? You love autumn couple of you. But I'd say summer gets the, the highest vote there. But it is the case that these are things that God has ordained. And even though you might wear your short sleeves and your, your short pants in winter, it ain't going to change the season. <laughs> Some of these burkis, uh, what are they called? Farmers. Some of these farmers that come from the free state... They don't seem to understand. They don't seem to get it. And they've got their Hilux bucket. And they've got their short khaki pants and their khaki shirts. And it's the middle of winter. My I'm not getting cold, you know. But there are these different seasons. And you know, I think that we need to consider for a moment seasons that God takes us through in our Christian life. Have you ever considered 
that God moves you into different seasons at different times of your life. The reason why I'm speaking about this is because I believe that we need to have greater understanding as to what season I'm in, how to respond to it, how to work with God, and what, what, with what He wants to accomplish in this season so that I can see the greatest fruitfulness possible in my life. But I believe that many people fail to discern the season. Now, point number one of four. Understand what season you are in. Number one, understand what season you are in. If you understand what season you are in, then you can respond accordingly. I believe that some people kind of hinder their progress in God because they're not living in an understanding way, realizing where they're at and what God's doing at their life at this point in time. But if you will understand what God is doing, you will be able to respond to your season better. 1 Chronicles 12.32, I'll just read it to you. It says, The sons of Issachar had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. These young men, the sons of Issachar, somehow, above the rest, seemed to be able to have this way of knowing what's going on in their nation, know what God is calling them to do, and they understood the times. And they are spoken of favorably in the word. Listen to this. The sons of Issachar had understanding of the times. I wonder, can somebody say of you that you have wisdom in terms of understanding the season that you're in? Can, can somebody say of you, well, you have wisdom in terms of understanding the season that we're in as a nation? Do you have understanding to know what season you're in in your marriage? What season you're in in your company, in your business at this point in time? Mordecai had the discernment to suggest to, es- to Esther that God had brought her into the palace for a very specific reason. It says in Esther 4 verse 14, Mordecai says, Yet who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Mordecai wasn't really asking a question. He was throwing a a hint. He was kind of saying, Esther, do you not understand why God has put you in the king's palace? God has brought you into the kingdom, the king's palace, for this time. You're there for a certain opportunity. I'd like to say for some people here, you need to realize that God has placed you in your current career, in your place of employment for such a time as this. And you actually need a Mordecai to say, don't you realize that God has placed you there for such a time as this? For some people, you need to hear that today. Because you hate your job, (laughs) You, you hate the perks. You just don't enjoy it. But you're not seeing God's purpose. You're not seeing God's plan. You need somebody to come alongside you and point out to you, could this be God's very purpose right there now? And you're dreaming of the next thing, but God wants you right there now. Sometimes we need Mordecai's in our lives to help us discern the season. We need to ask ourselves the question, 
what season am I in? Is it a season to tear down an ungodly relationship? Is, is it a season to build and restore your marriage? Is it a season to start a new business or to patent your design, your idea? Is it a season to write a book? Is it a season to write worship songs for the church? Is it maybe a season of intercession for the healing of our nation? Is it a season of enjoying the fruit of your labor and stopping being so busy? Is it a season to dance and to sing? Is it a season to gain property and build wealth? Or is it, is it a season to sit tight and get out of debt? Is it a season to see greater prophetic ministry in the church in South Africa at this point in time? And these are just questions that I'm throwing out there to get you to think about what season you're in. I wonder if you can identify it. I trust you can. Or maybe if you haven't really thought about it much, this message is helping you to just think about it. Well, what season am I in? What is God busy doing with me at this point in time? I remember in 1997, a man was speaking at our church called Randy Clark, and he was staying uh, in my mom's home together with some of the other guests that were there. And I had a cup of coffee with him the one day at my mom's house, and he began to prophesy, speak prophetically over me. He didn't just have a long beard and start to shake and stuff. He started just to say, John, I just feel that this is what the Lord is saying to you. And he said the following, he said, John, I believe that this is a time of foundation, preparation, and excavation. That's what he said to me. This is a time of foundation, preparation, and excavation. Foundation's okay. Preparation is okay. Excavation goes deep. And I just thought, wow, I've got this word, preparation. But excavation goes deep. But you know what? I actually wasn't too keen on all the aspects of what he had said, but it was God's timing. That's correct. He was actually hearing from God so spot on, I couldn't even really see it myself. But he helped me to understand what God had me in. And God wants us to understand what season we're in so that we can respond accordingly. God is very intentional with our lives. He has specific times and purposes that He wants to accomplish. God is just not random. That's just not God. He is not random. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Does that sound random to you? doesn't sound random to me. It sounds like God is intentional. God actually says through the psalm that, hey, I map out your life ahead of time. I bring you into existence for a purpose. The days that you fulfill on earth have specific purpose, have specific focus. So therefore you need to understand 
what season that you're in, understand it and respond accordingly. So that's number one. Understand what season you're in. Number two, don't kick against the season. Embrace it. Don't kick against the season. Embrace it. Won't you say that to the person next to you, please, just to make them hear it as well. Don't kick against the season. Embrace it. Now, if we do not embrace the season that we're in, listen carefully, if we do not embrace the season that we're in, we could delay, we could delay the coming of the next thing that God wants for us. I believe that there are people here who have delayed the purposes of God in their lives because they have not embraced and quickly taken what God wanted to do and get through that process. An excellent example of this is the Israelites and their journey to the promised land. And they were happy to be free, but the moment they came into freedom, they began to kick against it. And they say, well, we we liked it back in Egypt, and, and this was good, and that was good, and the next thing was good. They started to moan. They started to kick against it. The very sad thing is that the journey from Egypt to the Promised Land actually would only have taken approximately two weeks. Some people even say 11 days. But they kicked against it. They hated what they were in. They didn't enjoy it. They didn't embrace it. And as a result, God said, well, then you will stay there until I've worked in your hearts and character so that you can embrace my purposes. And they ended up being in the wilderness for 40 years. It was actually a tragedy. I believe there might be some people here today, you're in a wilderness, and God is wanting you to embrace where you're at, because then He will move you quicker than what you think. And you've kind of gotten to stay where you are, and you've kind of called it home. And you thought this is the way life will be for the rest of your life. Well, I want to tell you, you need to embrace the season. Because if you don't, it may delay the coming of the next season. I believe there are people listening to me today that are just as against their season as the Israelites were against them. But if you embrace it, you will move on. If you pass the test, sooner you will move ahead. Most of us know the phrase, going around the mountain again and again and again. Well, I tell you, that's not the way God wants us to live it. God doesn't want us to be in the wilderness going around and around and around again. God is intent on teaching His children. And as soon as we learn, as soon as we pass the test, we'll move on to the next thing. Listen to the statement, obedience is the best way of keeping your life moving along in God's timing. So that's number two. Don't kick against the season. Embrace it. Number three. Don't compare your season to another person's season. That's not fair. But yet, we do this all the time. We're evaluating, well, how my life is turning out and where I'm at, and then we look at this other person, and we see, well, gee, and 
we actually come to dislike where we're at and we compare it and we think, well, they're in a better place, they're in a better situation. If you're in a season of plowing and they're in a season of harvest, then comparing yourself to them is going to get you discouraged. Let me tell you an interesting story. About three years ago, we were still renting this facility from the Dutch Reformed Church and quite often uh, would be here and uh, we were pretty much getting into the whole thing of making more and more use of this facility. But I remember, it was about three years ago, I went to the previous pastor here, Dumini Dirki. I went to him one day and I said, Dumini Dirki, help me out here a little bit because I'm actually, I feel like I'm running a bit dry here. I'm running on empty and uh, I don't want to burn myself out. Help me out. So he said, well, you know, John, I think you need to loosen your hands more and you need to give out things more. You need to also bring more people on staff. And he gave certain advice, but he said, John, you need to place yourself and your hands need to become more free. You can't do it all. So then I said to him, but I come to this church many a time and your car, Dumini Durki, is always outside. And I said, I come in and you're there. Come in and you're there. I see your car and I see your car and I see your car. And I said, I'm thinking to myself, I'm just not working hard enough. I've got to work harder. I've got to work harder. Because look, his church has grown and I've been a work harder, you know. And then he said to me, he said, you know what, John? The other night when I walked in on that meeting that you were hosting here, I thought to myself, John, I see you at the church all the time, all the time, all the time, endlessly at the church. You need to pace yourself. And suddenly this weight just came off me. Here, I'm not, I'm thinking I'm not doing enough. And here, yeah, he's just this amazing example. And, and he is an amazing example. But then he's thinking, John, you're overdoing it. <laughs> I must say I had a good chuckle when I discovered this. And he said, you're going to need to pace yourself. He said, also, John, we're in different seasons. And I thought, ah, there I was comparing myself. He said, most of my kids are out the home, or the one that's there, I hardly ever see her, and it's just me and my wife, and in any case, she's working very hard, and, and I can do things in such and such a way, and certain hours of the day, I'm totally free, where you might need to give attention to your family and your kids and so on, and suddenly I realize, man, oh man, <laughs> woe is me, for I am undone. <laughs> I was comparing myself to somebody else's season putting myself under pressure when I shouldn't have been. If you compare yourself to another person's season, I'm of the opinion you're not going to come off feeling good. But the Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 4 and 5, let each one examine his own work. I wasn't examining my own work. I was examining other people's work. The Bible says let each one examine his own work. And then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. We have to examine our own work. We have to examine our own season. When the disciples were starting to compare themselves and say, well, isn't this one better and that one better? Jesus just said to them, you just worry about yourself. Don't worry about the person next to you. 
in terms of your season, you may not be in harvest. You may be in a time of plowing. Plowing just doesn't seem to be that much fun. It's probably pretty dusty and it carries on for a long time, preparing the ground. You might be plowing and plowing. You can't look at the person next to you that's in a harvest time, in a different time of their lives, and begin to say, well, I'm in a bad place. No, no, no. You know what? Your harvest is coming as well. And God's going to bring you into the fullness that He has for you. He has a season around the corner waiting for you, I believe, where He will just satisfy you with favor. And He will bring great things into your life as well. And so if somebody else has been blessed around about you, rejoice in their blessing and say, Thank you, Lord. I'm waiting for your blessing to come upon me in a greater way as well. But I'll phosphate in this season if I need to a little bit. I'll hang in there a little bit. Number four, which is the last point. There are defining moments in our lives when we must take a big step into the next season. I want to say that again. There are defining moments, I use that word intentionally, defining moments in our lives where we must take a big step into the next season. I want to say, if there's one thing that I've learned in the last five to seven years in the journey of my own life, it's this. There comes a time to step out. There comes a time to step out. Are you hearing me? I can't begin to imagine my life if I had stayed in the boat. You know what? You don't know what blessing is waiting for people around about you through your obedience in stepping out. I can't imagine not having this whole vision of choose life, seeing God do what He planned to do. If there's one thing I've learned, there comes a time. There might be one such time in your life. There might be three or four such times. But it will come when God says, I'm going to take the cap off your life. I'm going to pop the cork, so to speak. And I'm going to release your potential, but you have to desire it. You have to take a step and I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> and I tell you what, it does take courage to take such a step. Some people get stuck in their growth path. They get stuck in a growth path or a season because of not having the courage to take that next step. Now, fasten your seatbelts for a moment. It's going to get a little quieter in here. <laughs> you know what? I believe some people here are stuck in a job which is a dead-end job and you haven't got the guts to step into the next season. Now, this is not for everyone. Okay, I'm not in, encouraging you to go out and be crazy. But I believe that there are some people here, you're stuck in a dead-end job. You got stuck in your season. 
and you've decided to set up camp. Whereas God says, no, 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 I haven't planned for you to set up camp. I want you to keep on moving because I've got another season. But it takes a step from you. Nobody else can take that step for you. It takes a step from you. Sometimes that step means that you write a letter of resignation. And you say, well, I am resigning from such and such. And this is what God has said to me. This is what I'm going to do. I believe that some people are stuck in jobs that they shouldn't be in. But they have settled for comfort instead of stepping into the next season. And it's ironic that they've settled for comfort because actually, if they're honest with themselves, they are uncomfortable. Yet, in a way, they've settled for comfort. I believe the basis of taking a big, defining step into the next season is clear instruction from God. Hear me, clear instruction from God. And God spoke to me after seeking His leading for a while, and then He finally confirmed it through Joshua 1 verse 8. He said, Have I not commanded you? Only be strong and very courageous and I'll be with you wherever you go. I said, Lord, I don't have the courage to take the step. <laughs> Lord, what must I do? I don't have the courage. And I just said, God, I'm going to just begin to try to put out a little baby step. But I pray that as I begin to lift my leg and move it forward, I pray that your courage would come upon me, that your faith would come upon me, and that I would take that step in your grace and in your power. But God says, you've got to move your muscles first. And you've got to take that step. I believe that this is a very specific word to some people here today. In Daniel 2, verse 20 and 21, it says, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are His, and He changes the times and the seasons. And I believe that the Lord has said to me that for some people, you are stuck in a certain season of your life. And God is wanting you to step in to the next season. Yes, you might not have all the courage that's required, but that tiny little bit of courage that you do have is just enough. It's called the faith of a mustard seed. It's just enough. And the wonderful thing is, God responds as you take that little baby step. You know what? And He brings you into a wide open place. He brings you into a day of new opportunities. He brings you into a day where you see the dreams that you've had since a little person, since a little child, coming into being. God works in seasons. We must not get stuck in any particular season. I said, number one, Understand what season you are in. Number two, don't kick against the season. Embrace it. Number three, don't compare your season to another person's season. And number four, there are defining moments in our lives where we must take a big step into the next season. Now, we're going to close in prayer in a moment's time. But I feel this prayer that I'm going to pray may not be for everybody. But if you are sensing that perhaps 
God wants to take you into a new season and you're battling to get there. I'd like to ask, would you stand and I'd like to pray with you right now. Would you stand if that's you? If you sense that God is wanting you to move into a next season, but it's just not quite happening. We're going to trust God for a breakthrough. But I just want to say the following thing to you. When God gives you that little instruction, you need to do it. You've got to move your foot muscle and begin to move that muscle and God will respond and God will allow you to move into the next season. He will strengthen your leg to move it out, to take that next step. He will give you the courage. Everybody else that's seated, would you mind extending just your hands in prayer to the people around about you? Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we want to hear what you're saying to us today. Lord, thank you for your grace to help determine the season and discern where we're at. Thank you, Lord, for your grace to have embraced where we've been. But Lord, there is a sense in our hearts of those that are standing that there is a new day that you want us to move into. Lord, our first step is that we have stood today. I believe, Lord, that the very standing up that we have done is that first step where we say in God, we look into you, our grace and our strength to help us take this next step. In the name of Jesus, we declare that a new season is unfolding in the lives of the men and women of God that are standing here today, now, in Jesus' name. For now is the appointed time. God has brought it about for such a time as this. Lord, I pray that you would, in your grace, bring about this new day and this new season. And I thank you, Lord, the results that come out of that kind of obedience are just incredible. Lord, we look at what you've done here in Choose Life, and it's incredible, Lord. We give you thanks. And we thank you, Lord, that you're giving every one of these people courage to take a little step which you cause to be a massive shift in the spiritual realm. 